When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. This is Hurricane Valley with Norm Hewitt and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint and longtime supporters of the Hurricanes. And shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Yeah, this is SENZ Hurricane Valley talking canes uh, with our good mate uh, Norm Hewitt out of the capital. G'day, Norm, how are you? Oh, good, Ricardo. Really well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. Um, the Canes, of course, got the force this weekend, uh, so they've got to travel to Perth, which is far from ideal uh, before uh, the playoffs start. And it uh, sounds like there might be a few down uh, with illness. I know that they missed about about eight last week uh, due to due to the flu. Um, and I know that, as I mentioned earlier, that Geordie Barrett uh, couldn't come on the show tonight because he's th- he's down with the flu as well. Yeah, look, mate, uh, up front at the beginning of the show, you know, the chemist warehouse, go get your flu shot. I thought, I don't know if the Canes have had their flu shot, what kind of flu they're talking about, because, mate, eight down, and you've got to give it to those ones that were sitting in their lounges at the beginning of the week, and then they were on the field scoring tries at the end of the week last week against the uh, against the Rebels. But it's having a massive impact, and, you know, just what you said about you know, potentially Artie's not going as well, uh, long way to go to Perth. Hey, would the force have the uh, the ability to tip the canes up right at the last hurdle? Who knows? Well, I mean, that, that's the thing, Norman. You know, it's it's not really so much about what that means for the Hurricanes because I think the Canes, um, you know, they they're not going to uh, they're not going to catch the Chiefs because the Chiefs are going to play the drawer in Lautoka, and I can't see the Chiefs dropping points then there. But they could be caught by both the Reds and the Waratahs. Um, so if that happened, then they would possibly face the Crusaders rather than facing the Chiefs in Hamilton. And the other thing that could affect is uh, if the Force get up and win, uh, then the Highlanders uh, are under pressure to beat the Rebels, and they're a bit undermanned because they've got, uh, of course, uh, Marty Banks having a run round at 10 for them because uh, there's no Mitch Hunt and there's uh, no Sam Gilbert either. Yeah, and so, you know, that's as... And that's sport, right? That's footy. Right at the end of the season, whatever's going to um, front up, you've got to take those uh, those opportunities. And as you say, uh, we won't know until either either tomorrow or, or even Friday what kind of team was going to front up in Perth and or the Highlanders versus the Rebels. And then from there, it's going to be anyone's guess. Because, look, this. Let's be assured, the their top three are the top three. And the best game of the weekend, watching the Blues and the Brumbies play right down to the wire. That's the top of the Aussies and top of the top of the Kiwis with the Crusaders just behind them. So anything else could happen from nine upwards to uh, to four, really. So going to be a really interesting week, Ricardo. You just can't pick it. Just I mean, the top two or three, yes, absolutely. But the rest of it, 
we're going to hinge on who's going to who's going to be named in the team. Yeah, exactly, and we're waiting to hear that news. Uh, I'm not sure when we're going to get that news. Of course, that game is Saturday, well, Sunday morning technically. It's midnight Saturday slash Sunday. So uh, I'm picking that that we'll get that team probably uh, probably tomorrow at some point. Um, this is Hurricane Valley brought to you by uh, Razine and uh, decorate with confidence with quality Kiwi-made Razine paints. Uh, Norm, uh, keen to get your take on this. Now, you've watched the Canes a lot this season, uh, and... A guy who's been an all-black, uh, then went away and has come back again is uh, Julian Savia. The, the bus, he had problems in France as well. Uh, but he's talking uh, in the last couple of weeks about how he wants a permanent move to 12. He sees that as his best position going forward. I always worried about his work rate for a 12. I don't know about you. What do you make of that? Well, it's an interesting... Uh it's an interesting statement to make, particularly when you've played most of your, well, you're playing all your uh, professional career at that winger's position. Um, does he have Does he have that work rate and skill set to to transition? Only time will tell. Uh, I I can't even put him next to where Jordy Barrett's transitioned from fifteen to um, to the midfield. So. Mate, to be honest, I think Julian's just starting to show some form as a winger. And the weekend, that was one of his better games. He had the best work rate that he's had all season. Uh, Done some good finishing and he got involved. But does that kind of mean that, uh, yep, I'm gonna, I can go now and choose to go and play in the midfield? I think there's a lot of other midfielders that you have to look at before you even consider someone like Julian Savia. But yeah. again... That's what the coaches and the players sit down and talk about, you know, future aspirations. What is your um, position you want to play? And as we see, you know, Garden Bashett was playing on the wing. He's the first five. Yeah, that's why. I mean, he can't get in the team now uh, the way Aidan Morgan's yeah. going, can he? That's right. And and you have to say, look, Aidan Morgan is, is, we've been through a couple of iterations of first five. And now I think we've found that uh, the player that's really suited for the Hurricanes uh, game style, uh, Aidan Morgan, fast, uh, reads the game really, really well, very agile on his feet, defence-wise, and nothing against um, the young boy Love. He's he's a classy player as well, but he looks pretty uh, pretty solid at fullback. So players can be transition. But I think that's a big call for someone like Julian Savier. Well, he's putting it out in the universe, and let's see what happens. I think he'd have to drop drop a few kilos to actually become really agile because you look at the second fives like um, Geordie, who's come in, and uh, Umang and Jensen and and alike in uh, Sullivan. They, they're big, wiry, and they've got pace and speed off the mark. And I think that's where potentially... That's where Dylan would have to work extremely hard. In. Yeah, you'd have to get there. Actually, the, you look at that Hurricanes backline at the moment, and there are a lot of good young players coming through with a bit of you know experience around them. You've got guys like TJ Perinara, of course, Geordie and Julian. But then, I mean, you know, Josh Morby um, played left wing on the weekend. He's he's done really well at fullback as well. Ruben Love, you mentioned, who's played 10 and 15, uh, looks pretty good as well. And then Aidan Morgan at 10. So it's quite a nice combination that the Canes have got going at the moment. I agree. And I think that balance of experience and youth has, has really equalised itself out. They complement each other um, with the 
the older heads to the younger heads and that excitement that a young head brings with that kind of old head, kind of take a breath, boys, we don't have to go and uh, break every gain line now, has been one of the things that has shaped out to be uh, very good towards the end of the last um, or end of the season for the Hurricanes as they build into that quarterfinals, into the semis and finals. So I've, I'm really um, pleased with where the, the team has developed, particularly that back line. And, you know, seeing some of those guys coming back from long-term injuries into the forward pack. But so, look, again, you take someone like... Um, uh, for the for the Hurricanes, who was sitting in the uh, where was he? It was uh, Siwa um, Maile, who was sitting somewhere in the uh, well up in Palmy in a, in a house somewhere, and then you get caught up and he scores a try as as the fourth fifth backup hooker. Yeah, so well, we've seen anything can happen. We've seen it happen earlier in the season, haven't we, with halfbacks? Now it's happened with hookers. I mean, he's probably got he's had the call from Chris Gibbs, and then he's had to ring his mates and go, "Boys, the barbecue's off. I'm actually going to go play. So yep. don't come around to mine <laughs> looking for a barbecue because I'm not going to be here." Um, James O'Reilly got the start as well, so you're developing some yep. nice depth there at a at a good time as well, particularly where Dane is at the moment in his career. Yeah, a- absolutely, and that's where you know. They are coming through, and it's just, can we hold them? That's the thing. Can we hold them in the hurricanes? Can we give them enough incentive to stay? Would love, because that's your foundation. And again, you look at the balance between the forwards and the backs, there's enough sprinkling of youth versus the experience. And O'Reilly came on, and he he served um, served himself extremely well and put his hand up. Well, if you're That's a young, what you want? Yeah. I mean, if you're a young player at the moment in New Zealand looking for an opportunity, you look at, you know, you've got Dane Coles uh, as the incumbent there um, for, for, for the hooker. And, of course, Bowden Barrett's recently left, and they still, you know, up until, you know, probably a couple of games ago didn't know who their best 10 was. I mean, it's a great place to go because you're going to get opportunities cause just uh, because yeah. of the makeup of the of the Hurricane squad at the moment. Well, and I think it's part of that coaching uh, structure as well. You know, we've had a number of times with Gibbo and and with the head coach as well around they want to develop these young players. So when you see that coming through, it's not just talking about it. You're seeing it actually happen in real time. They've, they've gone beyond just, okay, the top four. They've said we've got to have depth, tapping people on the shoulder, keep ready, stay ready be part of the wider group right at the beginning of the season because remember when they played uh, down in down in Queenstown, I don't think they had like 30, 38, 39 players down there, not all of them stripped. But this is where they get in the environment, they understand what the game structure is, what the expectations are, and then they just front up and you go, where did that play come from? Chief is like he, he just knows what to do and it hasn't just been three or four days with the team. That's that's the kind of structure you want as a whole coaching group, and I think a region, and and pretty happy with that at the moment, uh, Ricardo. Yeah. What did you make of James O'Reilly and Tuia uh, Maeli? I mean, you know, from from an all black, yeah, former All Black hooker, what do you what did you see in those guys you liked, and what do you think the work ons are at the moment? Well, look, there's there's always work ons to go. I think O'Reilly with um, he's been around for a little while now. And he's had a number of injuries, and he's been really trying to crack the um, the top 
top echelon. He's really taking the opportunities. He's either there's some maturity that's come into his game where he can read the game um, like where Colsey knows where to be and um, pops up at uh, various places. He's physical, and I think that's one of the things you take with Dan Coles and Amore uh, while he's actually stepping into that space as well. Uh, Work-ons is always just maturing within the game and particularly the scrum, you know, owning that scrum uh, facet. And then, of course, I, uh, your your second uh, key job is to hit the line. And look, he's done that well. I think uh, with uh, Teal is, is just making sure like he enjoyed the moment. And in your first game or your first few games or the opportunity you take, he took every opportunity. He saw the ball right at the end. He could have, you know, he just said, I'm going here, hit the ground, reached the big arm out. And, of course, I thought, you know, that arm was quite an extension within that and take the five points. It's, it was great to see. And, again, same thing. Master your craft and your line out, your uh, scrum, two most important factors first, and then the rest of it uh, build on that. And they've both got really good foundation. It is at 12 past 7 here on Hurricane Valley on SENZ. Ricardo Ball, Norm Hewitt with you. Starting a paint project? Get advice from Resine that bring out the best in your home with Quality Resine Paints, New Zealand's most trusted paint. It's 17 past 7 here on SENZ. This is Hurricane Valley with Ricardo Ball and Norm Hewitt. Decorate with confidence with quality Kiwi-made resin paints. Make your house a home with quality resin paints and colours Kiwi-made since 1946. Uh, Norm, we're talking about some of the young players that have come into this cane side. Of course, there was no Artie Savia on the weekend. Uh, There's no Artie Savia this weekend either, I don't think. Uh, Te Kamaka Howden playing eight. What did you make of that young fella? He's uh, probably got a little bit size on uh, on Artie as well, doesn't he? Yeah, look, in the last two games that I've seen this young player play, he's he's got some t- he's got talent, right? And again, if we're looking to the future, and this young man stays in the game and and keeps everything balanced, he's got a big future in that position. Really hard driving, pick out the ball off the back. Really good skill sets, dis- distribution wise. He's fast to the um, to do his job, uh, executes really well, and he's just going to get strength, come and grow strength for strength. It's all players do. The more they put that uh, play in that top level uh, footy, it allows them to really start honing their skill set and mastering their craft and. As as Artie has over the years, where he's played on the on the loose side, uh, open, he's gone to the blind side, and I think Artie's found his niche at number eight. Great transition to see the you know the older player and Artie teaching a younger player like this young man here, and I can't I I look forward to watching him uh, with interest because. Their number eights in, in New Zealand, besides Adi, I think that they're very much on a par because we don't get that real drive what we do with Adi and any other number eight. Now, the only other one that I've seen um, with uh, with the Crusaders playing number eight is actually with uh, Blackadder. When he's played into the number eight position and he can play blind and he's played open, uh, again, he plays with this intensity and I think um, this young man has, has got the ability to do that. And he, we've seen glimpses of it, Ricardo, which is 
really promising for the future. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. I mean, Peter Gasol Cooler, I thought, had a good start to the season. He's maybe faded a little bit. And I think Hoskins Satudu's really um, put his hand up this season as well. Uh, but it's interesting you mentioned, you know, we were talking about number eights. Because I've always thought that Artie is fine as a number eight, say, against the Wallabies. But if you play the South Africans or the Poms or the French, you need a bigger man in that eight jump. What do you think about that? Yeah, look, and again, you, you, you pick your team to the opposition and you've got to be able to match up this, the um, the skill sets and where they're strong. And I, I agree, you've got, to, you've got to look at it. Aussie, no problem. I, I would more against the South Africans, but Adi can handle himself. I think it's more into the European stage of the likes of the English, the Irish and the French. That's where you've got to be a bit more size. And Artie would be, you know, again, working on the blind side, give us that, that parity. And, and that's what the coaches always look at. Is this the best position for the team that we're playing against? And what are we trying to achieve? And yeah, I agree with you. You always got to look at what player is in the position to the opposition we're playing. And is that the best choice for this game? So I'm sure we see that all the time. And the more that we get into the kind of intricacies of the of the game, that's when the coaching really starts getting interesting. Well, I mean, if we if we suggest that you know we play in Ireland in a three tier series, right, and we decide you know the Ian Foster says like thinks along the same lines we do and goes like you know Artie's not big enough to play eight against a team like Ireland, um, that gives him a bit of a problem because his captain is Sam Kane, who should be the number seven. But the form that Dalton Papali is in, the form that Adi Savi is in, you've mentioned Ethan Blackett. Or I mean, is there room for Sam Kane in an all-black, um, you know, sort of loose forward trio at the moment? And if there's not, then what happens to the captaincy? Yeah, look, out of all the number sevens, I would still go with Kane, given the first crack up front. But that would be me personally, even with Papali, who's who's playing outstanding co right now, the traditional of a true number seven, and up until the weekend before Kane got injured, I would have had him regardless. It's my captain, that's my number seven, and I'd build the rest of them around it. You've got great players that can fill up in any of the other positions, but I would have the number seven as, as Kane. Then now, with the injury... We don't know how long that injury is going to be. Some are saying three to six weeks. Some are saying less. We don't know until we see him back on the field. He's going to be a few um, few metres short of a trot. So we're going to look at who's the in form because the Irish team, the Ireland team, are going to come with that mentality. You haven't seen us play for a, for a little while, lads. We have changed our game plan, which they have. You've watched the Six Nations and you watch the uh, European Cup. I think the the uh, Northern Hemisphere's teams have really stepped up the, the structure of their game and playing a game that we are a wee bit behind on. And that's where the um, selections have got to be based on true form and who's right to be playing. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that All Blacks team looks. I, mean, I think they're going to name a squad of 36 for that Irish series, so it does give them uh, a few options, obviously. They're probably going to, but from the sounds of that, want to try a few different things. Uh, Norm, we should check, uh, we should go through the, uh, the round uh, that we have to come. Of course, we had that game earlier in the week uh, on Tuesday where Moana Pacifica played uh, the force. Uh, the force got the win there. We mentioned that and how that potentially changes things. And, of course, we've talked about the Canes as well, uh, sending what looks like to be a slightly weakened team over uh, to Perth. So let's go through uh, the uh, the matchups and see what you think is going to happen. The Crusaders, Friday night, they're at home to Brad Thorne's Reds. Um, can you see anything bar a home win here? Uh, no, I, I think look, the the Reds the Reds have been okay, but not to the to the point where I would say they're going to be a real threat. Crusaders at home, they'll want to finish well because they'll be doing their numbers on where they want to finish. That I think is just going to be, yep. Crusaders will put a match on, and again, I don't know him seen the team names who they're going to put on because they seem to have an endless depth. <laughs> <laughs> within their uh, squad across the whole of the South Island. Well, at least the middle and the top. Um, so, yeah, Crusaders at home every day. Yeah, I can tell you the Crusaders have just released their team before we started, actually. George Bauer, Brody McAllister, uh, Oli Yeager is the front row. Sam uh, Whitelock and Scott Barrett are locks. Pablo Matera is at six. Ethan Blackadder at seven. Cullen Grace at eight. Then Bryn Hall and Fergus Burke are the halves. Lester Whanganuku and Sivu Reese are the wings. David Harvili, Braden Enel is the midfield. Will Jordan at fullback. And then Ricky Jackson, Finlay Brewis, Tama Iti Williams, Zach Gallagher, Tom Christie, Mitch Drummond, Shay Fihaki, and George Bridge is the bench. So it's a pretty strong team. Wow, wow mate. Oh, you read that and I go, well, okay. Um, Reds. Reds. Be, be ready. Be ready, Reds. Be very ready. Be very ready. All right, mate. Um, then on Saturday, we've got a, a, th- a three o'clock afternoon kickoff uh, from Laotoka in Fiji. The Drua hosts the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs should win this. They should just be too strong, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should. But, you know, you never, ever take the Fijian team lightly in their home, on their home ground. Anyone who does that are in for a bit of a shock. I don't believe the Chiefs will take them lightly. I don't believe the Chiefs will see this as a, a, a true given either. They're going to have to work for the win. Uh, but, yeah, I, I see that. It's not going to be a massive win. I just think it's going to be a hard day at the office and the Chiefs will take that one out for sure, Ricardo. Yeah, 7 o'clock, Moana Pacifica against the Brumbies. I'm not sure how strong the Brumbies team is going to be, but uh, given that Moana are backing up, it'll be their, what, uh, third game in nine days? I've got to take my hat off to Moana Pacifica because they've done the hardest road in this competition this year. How many times they have backed up each week in this competition more than any other team? It feels like that. It may not be that, but it feels like that. Uh, the Brumbies will be saying, let's rest a few, let's have a, have a bit of a bit of a team run, because I see this as more of a team run for the Brumbies, and that's no disrespect for Mona Pacifica. I just think they have you know, have had a hard road this season. They have. They'll be better off for it, though. They will be. They will be. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next season. Uh, what about the Tars? Yeah. Quarter to ten, uh, they take on the Blues over in Sydney. It'll be a Blues team, I would imagine, where they will rest a few. I doubt Bowden Barrett will play that one. Well, see, this is where you go. 
we've got enough points in the bank. The Tars are at 37. The Tars will want the win. They'll want the win, and this is the game that the Blues will go either... Like, you don't go out there to lose, but this is a potential game where they could be tipped. But I don't believe that because they've had, you know, a great season. The Blues have had a great season. They'll want to finish well in the round robin, and they want to finish at the top. So I see the Blues taking the Tars, but it's going to be another game that they're going to have to work out, mate. Yeah. Um, Force Canes, like you said, we don't know the team, um, but the Force have got everything to play for, don't they? Well, 100%. Now, going to Perth. Now, whoever's, anyone who's ever travelled to Perth, mate, that's a long way. It's like going to a whole different country. And you've got the, the huge time zone difference. They're at home. I think the games will be too too much for them in the end. But if we make more mistakes and give the force the sniff, this is an opportunity for the small uh, force. They've got nothing to lose. They've got everything, and they're coming on the back of a of a win. If they got bashed up by the uh, Mona Pacific, which I hope there's been a few Charlies and and uh, that and sore knees, then the Canes will be fine. Okay, and then lastly, the Rebels four o'clock Sunday Arvo take on the Highlanders. Uh, Highlanders team, as we mentioned, who are without a few as well. Yeah, and and again, you know, the Rebels got nothing to lose. The Har- uh, Highlanders got everything to lose. Watching them in the weekend, it was a I was disappointed. To be honest, watching that that kind of footy in the game, um, the Highlanders have done it hard this season. They've had a lot of disruption. Uh, I think the Rebels will see this as an opportunity to uh, get a scalp, um, and uh, the Highlanders will have to watch out. I, I, I call this as a fifty-fifty, but you know my fifty goes to the Highlanders. Yeah, good stuff, Norm. All right, hey, listen, thanks for coming on again, mate. It's been another Hurricane Valley. We'll do it all again next week. Beautiful. Look forward to it, Ricardo. There you go. Hurricane Valley uh, with Resine. Decorate with confidence with quality Kiwi-made Resine paints. Get expert advice at your Resine colour shop and bring out the best in your home. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.